This is Jeff Cross, and welcome to the June 21, 2022 edition of Views on the News from the Couch, a baby boomer's attempt to pass along his views on the news. Quick hitters. Gustavo Petro is the new president of Colombia. The former left-wing guerrilla ran on the government being more involved in the economy to battle poverty and inequities. I'm good with the goals. Not so much with the more government involvement unless it is tempered with restraint and an understanding that governments usually suck. PGA Tour players have received lots of money to play on the LIV Saudi Arabia back golf tour. And they have received a lot of criticism. Charles Barkley weighed in and said, quote, If somebody gave me $200 million, I'd kill a relative. End quote. Again, Republicans, don't be stupid. Senator John Cornyn was booed at the Texas party meeting for leading negotiations on gun control. We need some gun control. Things are nutty. And he is trying to protect legitimate gun owners. Besides, Republicans want to win in the midterms, so they should not be nutty. Leave that to the other side. Rumors abound that the Pope may resign. Moving on. At first, I thought Hillary Clinton was giving sound electoral advice, and then I read further, and it seemed to be packaged in bullshit. Per the linked Fox News article by Anders Hagstrom, a reporter asked her, quote, Democrats seem to be going out of their way to lose elections by elevating activist causes, notably the transgender debate, which are relevant only to a small minority. What sense does it make to depict J.K. Rawlings as a fascist? End quote. Hillary Clinton's reply, quote, We are standing on the precipice of losing our democracy, and everything that everybody else cares about then goes out the window. Look, the most important thing is to win the next election. The alternative is so frightening that whatever does not help you win should not be a priority. End quote. The headline talked about Democrats should dial back the rhetoric on the trans issue if they wanted to win the election. Good advice. But Hillary Clinton said we are standing on the precipice of losing our democracy if we don't get elected. Really? That's her A-game? Sounds like she believes only Democrats should ever be elected. Mao Tung and Putin share her values because they feel only they should win. I don't share her values. Is Biden responsible for higher gas prices? In the past, I have said only partially, not even 50%. But just because Joe did not spill all of the milk doesn't give him a pass for spilling some of the milk. Yes, Putin is a big issue, but so are you, President Biden. The linked Washington Examiner article by Brad Palumbo lays out three areas President Biden shares the blame. They are. First, on day one, he took actions to limit production. He halted new permits for oil and gas drilling and took actions to limit expansion into new areas in Alaska. Mr. Palumbo states that would not affect oil availability now, but future availability would have a downward pressure on oil pricing. Second, the author talks about a regulatory chokehold by the Biden administration on drilling, but offers no real detail. He does relay stories of drillers having difficulty obtaining environmental permits. Third, Biden talked trash about fossil fuels. The author quotes Biden as saying during the campaign, quote, We are going to get rid of fossil fuels. We're going to phase out fossil fuels. 
end quote. If you owned a business, how much money would you invest in a segment that the President of the United States has repeatedly said he wants to crush? Seriously, is that where you would race to invest your money? Not me. A few days ago, I pontificated on race and suggested that what we call racism might sometimes be nationalism. I used a Haitian story if you listen to the podcast. If you did not, then catch up, please. Now I might add to that and say that sometimes what we call racism is groupism. Let me take you on a wandering explanation. It starts with the great state of Indiana. The proud people of that great state refer to themselves as Hoosiers. All well and good, but when I moved to St. Louis, the word Hoosier was used to describe someone like they were white trash. Maybe I'll get in trouble for using the phrase white trash, but I am brave. I was offended when my friends would freely use the word Hoosier to describe some lowlife because one of my friends was from Indiana. It seemed wrong. The St. Louis folks did not seem to associate the word Hoosier with Indiana, nor were they thrilled with my corrections. I get that a lot. In the linked article, because I do like to link articles, the Indiana Historical Bureau takes on the issue of the origin of the word Hoosier. No one really knows where it came from, and while several theories are raised as possible, the most likely seems to be the following. Hundreds of years ago, it was a southern term of disrepute used to say someone was lazy and worthless. When it was used towards up-and-coming, hard-working farmers in Indiana, they owned it, incorporated it, metaphorically printed t-shirts with the word Hoosier emblazoned on them. But why do folks from St. Louis use the term Hoosier with such disdain? My reading on that is at some point the unions were striking a company or companies in St. Louis and the owners brought in labor from Indiana to break the strike. Hoosiers who made that choice were probably on hard times and did not present well. They also would be hated because they were hurting the union's chances of getting higher pay for St. Louis workers. What I find funny is that so many years later, I don't think the folks from St. Louis know why they use the word Hoosier with such disdain. It is probably like a lot of our words. We have lost the original meaning. For example, one explanation of the phrase son of a gun is that it was used to describe the father of a child born on a British ship to a loose woman when the paternity was not known. Evidently, the act occurred with the gun providing balance. Balance is good. And Missourians, my adopted state, are proud of the fact that it is the show-me state. Well, I will probably get kicked out of the state for the story I'm about to share. One explanation for the show-me saying is when you hired Missourians, they could not read, so you could not give them written directions. They weren't that smart, so you could not tell them, so you had to show them. In the above two stories, the population of two states, whites, are described in derogatory ways by other whites. Was that racism? Nope, that was groupism. In this new age of microaggressions, I wonder if someone transcribed our regular conversations, how many hidden meanings, how many dog whistles, a researcher could find based on the expressions we use that we have no idea of the origins. Does it mean that we are awful? Nope just talking. All right, I'm done wandering and wondering. Thanks for listening to Views on the News from the Couch. If you like this podcast, please share with your friends. If you did not like it, please share with the rest of the folks you know.